Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. Today we're talking about The Tunnel, which is the story of a news crew in Australia, Sydney, trying to break this big, big news story about homeless people living in tunnels that are going to be used for reclaiming water of some kind. I was unclear on that part of it. Well, there's water got into these tunnels over the years. Right, there was a lake down there. And they want to build a water recycling plant to get that water out and have it as water. Because it's nice to have water. Right. And somehow that was going to displace these homeless people who were living in the tunnel, mm-hmm. but whom the leadership of, of the area were claiming didn't exist. So this news crew was going to go down and they were going to find proof that these homeless people lived down here and that they would be impacted by this and, and whatnot. I took fewer notes of this movie than I have taken of any movie that we have ever watched, I believe. I don't know if this is my fewest, but it is teeny tiny, I would say, single-digit number of notes. And simultaneously, this felt like possibly the longest movie we have ever watched. And this is coming from someone who went on a first date as a high school freshman, possibly junior, higher, I don't remember, to Kevin Costner's JFK, which was probably not a great first date movie Mm. so tell me a little bit about what this movie what emotions did this movie evoke in you emotions yeah i felt boredom felt frustration yeah is that it confusion oh that's a good one so that's all i've got notes for for yeah so overall you uh enjoyed it then (laughs) yeah yeah this was all found footage movie and i'm into found footage yeah did that redeem it in any way for you no (laughs) i like how you elaborately studied your notes prior to answering that very important question (laughs) the thing is okay this is what it makes me want to talk about okay huge huge problem in this movie massive is these guys are down there in these tunnels. It's scary, dark tunnels. We don't know what's going on. Monsters could be lurking around every corner. So there's tension and whatever. Except they constantly cut from that scary underground handheld camera darkness night vision business mm-hmm. to interviews with these same characters after the fact. Which, okay, on the straightforward front... You know they survived. They're being interviewed. Right. That's only two of them, though. So, okay, two survivors, it's fine. And it lowers the stakes a bit, but it's fine. The real problem is they, like, go into a room, and then they cut to the interview of the guy going, we went into this room, and there was nothing of any interest in there. And then we cut back to the 
footage and we get to watch them walk through a room where there was nothing of interest. <laughs> or, you know, it's more specific than that. It's like, oh, we we thought we saw a monster around the corner. And then you cut to them potentially seeing a monster. And you're like, that erased any tension I could have felt. Yeah. And, and it kills the mood completely because you're no longer in that claustrophobic darkness. It's just somebody sitting at a table talking. It's terrible. It's the absolute worst thing they could do to this movie. They totally defanged it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The thing that I disliked most, I actually liked the interview parts better than any of the rest of it. Um, I agree with what you're saying in terms of that it ruined the tension of it. But I felt like there was some interesting acting going on in those interviews. Like there was some emoting that was happening. I liked that. And the underground parts were the epitome of what I hate about found footage movies. Every bit of it was too dark and swinging around and never really looking at anything. And there was no way to understand what you were seeing at all. Oh, it was the worst for that there was there were these parts at the end where they would like put the camera over there they were even it was clear that a monster was crawling towards them out of the darkness and then she would look away at the other wall yeah why and, why was she doing that and then go back and you see a little bit more but just barely and by the time my eyes could comprehend what was being seen in all this crappy grainy footage i was like okay there it's happening oh never mind it's the wall again right and it was going from like a really dark thing that the monster was coming out of to a really like gray wall like light gray wall so the color like you would you would start to adjust to the darkness and being able to parse it out and then all of a sudden you get a blast of bright yeah brightness in your face and I think it was also suffering from that thing that we've talked about already this month where like when we watch Buffy, it's hard to see what's going on in the dark because it was digital and the digital aspect of it doesn't translate to what we can interpret, you know, what we can play now. This, the channel on Roku that we watched this on is not a real channel. I mean, I guess it maybe is. It was some weird random thing I've never heard of like movies fest or movie fun or something. And I kind of think it was actually created for this movie. <laughs> and so it was really low quality. It, like was. it was. just pixels. And I do want to say about that, this movie is free for everyone. It was created to be free. It was like financed by some kind of process like Kickstarter where people were like buying t-shirts or something for it. And that was interesting. So it's like, it's out there. You guys can enjoy it. Go for it. But it... <laughs> had this whole weird story behind how it came to be that I didn't really pay that much attention to. Yeah. I I mean, I do think that's cool. I like the idea of like a crowdfunded movie and then it being something that is available for everyone. Like that's very, you know, that's very millennial and younger, you know? (laughs) Yeah. The whole, we're going to turn everything into a social, turn this all into a socialist country. I'm, I'm there for that. I do feel like the story of how it was created is more interesting than this than the story they actually created. Yes. I got that there was a little bit of some kind of drama. Natasha, the on-camera talent of the crew, had clearly done something at some point that was problematic. Did yes. you know what it was? No. Okay, so no, no. I don't think it was ever 
truly discussed. It was just hinted at occasionally. And this something had definitely pitted her against the crew that she was with. That was very subtle for me. <laughs> it was. It was so subtle. And and so they didn't really discuss it. It was just like vague. But even though the story itself was vague, there was all this antagonism between the crew and herself. And it made everything very uncomfortable and very much like I was like, I, I don't really want to be watching this like workplace drama. Like it wasn't interesting. It was just uncomfortable. Like I had accidentally walked into a room where people were having an argument and I was yeah. like, oops, nope, I don't belong here. I, yeah, it wasn't a good feeling. No, and there was no arc. Like I didn't, there was no resolution of anything. I mean, I guess two of them were resolved in the sense that they were dead by the end. That's good. But I don't feel like she learned anything. I don't feel like Stephen, who was the other person who survived, who was like the one who hated her the most, he didn't change at all. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I feel like that all the interpersonal stuff, the character stuff just floated by me. And maybe it was just last night we were just not paying attention, but it felt like I just was just not doing it with this movie. It was... No, I, I really think that it's, there was nothing grabbing us. Yeah. And the length of time between when they set up, like there was a whole above ground thing where they're setting up what they're about to do. I was on board. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm getting this story. I understand what's happening. And then they went down underground. And then it was like we were watching in real time uh -huh. until they got to whatever part they wanted to film the actual action in which meant that it was a lot of them just walking through dark tunnels with nothing happening mm -hmm. to them. I think the premise was that they were, you know, getting in too deep and losing their way and that we could be concerned about that. And that was a bit of, a bit of tension, but it wasn't. It really wasn't. And, and part of it was that they weren't using that time. Like, I get that would make sense if they were going in further and further and there like there definitely was a part of me that was like oh you you're way too far into these tunnels you're not going to find your way out like i wouldn't be able to find my way out this is yeah. this is a scary place i wouldn't want to be where they were the thing is they weren't using that time to do anything else and that's one of the things that you know like when i'm doing my own writing or when i'm giving feedback to other people in my writing group like your writing has should be doing multiple things at the same time like Okay, partly it's establishing the passage of time, but you could also have had them having conversations mm -hmm. about what had happened. Like they could have been bickering about this event that happened and giving us that information. Yeah, and I felt like the lead up to going in the tunnels was much too long and mm -hmm. repetitive and like mm -hmm. it wasn't telling me anything. That all could have been intercut with the walking through the tunnels and mm -hmm. give us that backstory while we're waiting for them to get where they're going. Mm -hmm. Walking through the tunnels, cutting to interviews, that's fine because neither, neither yeah. one of them is anything big and exciting happening. You're not you're not diluting the action at all. And then at the end, it was very short, but also very uninformative and didn't feel like a conclusion at all. Like... You know, you think of that post-climax part of a story as the part that wraps up the loose ends and, and like, gives you all the necessary information to be able to be like, okay, I understand what happened there. 
Yeah. Well, I understand nothing from that. This monster, they didn't know anything about it going in. They just had hints that some homeless people had been disappearing inside these tunnels. They were like, okay, they're being hunted by a monster. And that one guy they interviewed, like, yeah. had a full-on mental breakdown at the mention of stuff going on in the tunnels. Yeah. It was it was bad. They clearly were very concerned. So okay, cool, but then it never developed anything. We don't. We still know nothing about this monster. Not even what it can do. Because at one point, it flashed across the room so fast you couldn't see it. And then in all the other scenes, it was kind of like walking along all slow. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know what threat it posed or what the the concerns were because we knew nothing. <laughs> And the weirdest part is that the one guy, um, the first guy who died, Tangles, he's out in the water. The monster, like, comes up behind him and then, like, slowly breaks his neck, like, twists his head to the side. Maybe that was Tangles. I didn't think it was. I thought that was the security guard that had gotten swooped. It could be either because that's how unclear the video on this movie was yeah you're right because they never they never figured out what happened to tangles yeah tangles appeared to be vaporized yes like a kid from the midnight man (laughs) yes it was the security guard but he like it dragged him out into the water and then and then there was something wrong with him like he was a zombie yes which is weird that what wasn't explained in any way no But then he just stood there and waited as the monster, like, slowly, sloth-like, put his hand around his neck and his shoulders and, like, twisted his head off over Mm -hmm. to one side. Yeah, and that was another one of those kind of things where it was so vague and unclear that I couldn't... I got the idea that his neck was broken, but it was such a weird series of movements that I don't really understand what we were seeing. Right. Also, that is a move that usually, like, (laughs) military-trained... killers use and that you do quickly it's not a slow motion move i mean if you're really strong you just keep pulling (sighs) i don't know (laughs) and then the other guy um pete he got taken he and steve were trying to save natasha which was you know very heroic of them or something i don't know and natasha and steve got out of the water and pete didn't so we thought like oh he's gone but then later he just comes running out of the darkness. We don't know how he got away from the slow motion neck breaking monster. Or fast monster. Or really fast vaporizing monster. Who knows how to use a camera. <laughs> right. And he shows up, but then he then immediately dies of what apparently was internal bleeding. Right. At the very end. That's what yeah. it said at the very end. Yeah. He had internal injuries. He died. And that was that. I... Like, there's no... Yeah. It's almost like, as the Kickstarter, one of the levels was like, if you pay this much, you get to give us, like, one sentence of the story. <laughs> yeah. That's what it feels like. It feels like it was one of those stories that was, like, written in a roundtable version. Like, you know, write a sentence, pass it on sort of thing. It, none of it made sense. Yeah. It's like they didn't define what they were doing at all. They just mm-hmm. kind of went with it. And as a result, like, that's why we never knew what danger they were in. Mm-hmm. Like, they were able to just run out of there when this was a monster that could instantly swoop down on people and seemingly be anywhere it wanted. So, I don't know. It just, 
it never was clear, and I think they intended it that way so that they could just have anything happen, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it not a story. Like, no, that's lazy. There's no lazy. logic to that. There was a point where one of them decided or established that it was afraid of light, or that it it was yeah. it was you know chased away by light. But then they were incredibly careless with the limited amount of light they had. Like they had yeah. a couple of batteries for the camera that had a light on it, and they had a couple of flashlights. And they were constantly losing their flashlights or leaving them in other rooms. Yeah. And they would, like, have both flashlights and the camera all illuminated at the same time. I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? But even with your description of it, how you're not liking it, that makes it sound like it was much more structured and logical than it was. Like, like that there was this interesting challenge where they're like, oh, it's afraid of light. Let's carefully manage our lights and you know, find our way through or get back without ever losing lights. And, oh, no, this light's going out. No. And what is happening? None of that happened. It was just no. wild craziness. The whole idea that it was, that it could be chased away by light was put in there so that they could get out of a couple of situations that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to get out of, but then was never actually used for any real purpose. Like, it had no point in the end game of it yeah the other thing that came up that again was sort of like it's it's happening right now in this scene and it's never going to be of any importance at any point in the future was the fact that before so tangles got pushed in the water (laughs) and then he started hearing things yeah he did so like it was it was suggested that he was sort of losing his mind or sort of like being impacted by having been in the water. Well, that or because he was the sound guy, he was just getting, you know, better sound. He was yes. you know, hearing through his headphones things that they couldn't hear that were like in the distance. Yes, that is I possible. don't know which it was. Because then when Steve put on the headphones, he also heard it and then later during the interviews Months later, mm-hmm. they have Natasha for the first time listen to it, and she's also hearing okay. this screaming. Yeah, well, and that, I think that case was actually just, uh, like, Tangles screaming that he was being killed, which doesn't make sense that they wouldn't have heard that in the first place, but right. whatever. And that whole scene had this whole, I, this, I'm getting off track of my issue because this is a whole other issue. There was a whole thing where Tangles wanted to go to another room to record the sound of this bell because the bell was too loud. Mm-hmm. And Steve makes a comment about how it's really strange. I don't know why he would do it that way. As if there's something going on with him mm-hmm. and he's possessed or he's secretly working against mm-hmm. them or something. But there was nothing. And also, it seemed to me like it made a lot of sense to go into the other <laughs> room since it was too loud and it was pegging out his yeah. his uh, meters but the, the, that was the whole thing. And then they put the headphones on Natasha uh-huh. months after this event to hear it for the first time. And she's all like shocked and confused. Like she lived through the rest of this event. This isn't new I mean, to her at that point. <laughs> and so it was it was suggesting that what they heard in those mic in those headphones was something really important. Yeah. And it was not, like, it became nothing. Like, that was the last. Her listening in the headphones was the last they mentioned of it. Yeah. From that point on, it had nothing to do with it. Because they lost their sound guy. So, right. 
We haven't done this yet this year, but we did it quite a bit, I think, last year or the year before. Dramatic reenactments? No, we're never doing that again. Um, <laughs> sorry. I know. I know. No, we we used to come up with better endings or like mm. rewrite the movie so that it works. I have some ideas. I have some ideas too. What do you got? So it would take a complete overhaul of this movie. But at the beginning, there's a point where Tangles is trying to get some, I think, just like B sound for their right. report. Yes. And they like come across this, I don't know. Like a mine wagon. Cart. Yeah, minecart. Yes. And he has Pete like lift up the handle so that it makes like a creaking noise and then it thunks against the minecart and then they push the minecart into the darkness and it makes like a rattly noise, which was fine. It made perfect sense when it was happening. Yeah. And then later they were listening to something. Maybe it was in the headphones even. I don't know. Somewhere somebody was listening and it was what could have been exactly the creaking noise, the thunk, the rattling into the darkness. I was like, yeah, is that the same sound? Like, did we just hear what happened earlier in the movie? That's interesting. That would be very interesting. And then later toward the end of the movie, when somebody was screaming and running and whatever, there was, there was chaos happening. I realized this sounds very much like the screaming that was on the headphones that didn't make any sense because if Tangles had been in the next room screaming, we would yeah. have heard him. Yeah. Like I kept like there were those two Very points where I noticed distinct I was like, oh my gosh, are they gonna pull this back into amazingness by having it be <laughs> like a temporal distortion displacement thing? That sounds cool. Or are we just too dumb to get the movie and they did do that? They did not do that. <laughs> okay. I in no way feel too dumb for this movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, that's what I want. I wanted this to be some kind of messing around with time movie. That would have been cool. That would have been That's cool. how I would rewrite it. What would you do? Well, I, I don't know if I have anything that thorough. Um, it's just that I want to say until they got so swirly and crazy at the end where you couldn't see anything or hear anything. It was just mm -hmm. random noise and sound, noise and light. Mm -hmm. It was like pointless to even watch the movie towards the end. Before they got to that, when they're going through scary tunnels in the dark, that was really good. Like, not as a movie, but as a visual experience. Mm -hmm. It was good, scary stuff. Good tunnels and looking through them and who knows what could be down here. And it was killed over and over again by those interviews. Mm. What I would do is remove the interviews, remove the start of the movie, <laughs> start with entering the tunnels. You could add some lines while they're going through the tunnels talking about, hey, let's go check this out because we want to see if there are homeless people here. You know, you can set things up while they're happening. And just nonstop footage of them in the tunnels doing their thing, never interrupted by anything else. And you would get into it. You'd get engrossed. You'd get lost and scared and be in the dark. It would be like that movie where they went into the catacombs. As above, so below. Yes. It would be like that. They went under there. They went into the catacombs. Yeah. And that was it. It was I just looked like this, too. It was. Well, I mean. Blobs in the darkness. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, they look, this monster and those ones, I, I might not be remembering those, right? But I think 
looked like like Boris Karloff vampires, kind of that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would have definitely improved it. Of course, you would have also had to get them to do some acting while they were down in the tunnels because they the acting that they did in those Talking Head interviews was night and day compared to the acting that they were doing while they were in the tunnels. It was like they were two different people. Yeah, they were just running around screaming. I am all for independent creativity. I'm all for crowdsourcing creativity. I'm all for getting out there and doing the thing and creating the thing. And I fully support the people who made this movie for doing the thing. Good job, guys. Good job. That being said, as a movie, part of part of doing the thing is then, you know people interact with the thing and have reactions to the thing and my reaction i know as a as a thing creator that's not my favorite part <laughs> unless they have nice things to say in which case it is definitely that my, favorite, is my part. favorite part for sure um unfortunately my reaction to this movie was not great there wasn't much i liked about it it didn't hold my interest i was disappointed i felt let down so i am going to give this movie a rating of one extremely overlit, unused underground tunnel out of five. Yeah, they had like they had like a mile straight of fluorescent lights in this tunnel that was not to be used by anyone. No, it was an abandoned <laughs> tunnel, and it was crazy how they had they had full on like security systems with night vision cameras and stuff in all of these abandoned tunnels that, you know, cause, cause they were oh, alternating yeah, they the, those. you know, like they had the footage that these people had taken while they were down there. But then every once in a while, they also had like city of Sydney security yeah. cameras where they were like, here are some people down in this abandoned tunnel that's <laughs> fully lit for no reason at all. Yeah. They spent so much money every night, just throwing it away. Yeah. How about you? How would you rate this? This movie was a phenomenal disappointment. I actually have had this on my list for a couple of years, and now I see it. And nobody warned you that it was going to be what it was? I try to avoid the uh, reviews and stuff, and now I... uh, Although I think this movie is fairly well-reviewed, which is weird. I don't understand that. However, my opinion of this movie is as yours. It was such a letdown of what should have been so much fun that I am also going to give it one extremely overlit, unused underground tunnel out of five. Because there's just no reason. This movie is it's terrible. And it could have been good and mm-hmm. failed so hard. Mm-hmm. I always like it when... You and I agree on our ratings while simultaneously disagreeing with the rest of the world as they rate something. And that's happened a couple times. Like if if this had high ratings and we're both like, this is terrible. Or I'm going to mention it again. House of a Thousand Corpses. Corpses. Was panned by critics and I thought it was amazing. I did too. I also saw, I was looking up some past reviews in order to share movie titles with somebody who wanted to watch horror movies and i came across the fact that we both gave the monster 
fives and it had very like middle of the road reviews yeah. from other people. So it was really we good. Liked it. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up this tunnel. Caves in this tunnel. <laughs> but the lights are still on. They will be on forever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was the whole thing. It was like a nightlight. Like they kept these lights on to keep the monster trapped inside because the city knew. The city did know. Like that was part of it was that the city had plans to do this thing and then had quietly opted to not do it. Yeah. So I think you might be on something <laughs> They were there. like, here's the solution to our homeless problem. Have, have this well-lit tunnel down to this dry place that they can live while we feed this monster who would otherwise come and eat the rest of us. Maybe, okay, okay. Maybe this movie was way too smart for me. See? I told you. I don't know. It's a metaphor for abortion. <laughs> I don't know. While I was saying the word metaphor, I was trying to think of any kind of hard-hitting topic I could throw at the end. That's what I came up with. Okay, I'm done with this. We're Bye. Done. Goodbye. Dramatic reenactment. Yay.